Welcome to another episode of Campus Life. This is obviously not Colin or Austin. This is Matt. I am filling in for you, uh, for Colin and Austin. They're on a bachelor, bachelor weekend. I don't know what you would call it. I believe they had a, Colin had his bachelor party this weekend. I actually don't even know if Austin went, but they've been tied up. So I'm here. We're going to talk. I'm going to talk a little ADP stuff for you guys today. Uh, we're going to do some draft stuff. Um, hopefully you guys don't get too bored with just hearing my voice uh, this entire thank time. Thank me. Thank me. Thank me. <laughs> thank me. Oh, Matthew. you. Uh, it's really your pleasure for having me here, Matthew. Uh, yeah. uh, you, you couldn't thank me enough for being here. Matthew, really, seriously, it's uh, it's your pleasure for having me here. You know, what's funny is, is that they Austin, Austin, and in in Colin wanted to play a replay of one of our old shows rather than let you and me host. The audacity! Yeah, the they, disrespect. Uh... You know, it's even better, actually. You know, I'm, I'm gonna give away a little behind the scenes details as as we and you were discussing today through text messages, what we want to do with the show. One of the hosts of this show just chimed in. It was like, hey, by the way, if you guys want, you know, like me to come on the show with you guys, unless you have something planned. And then we're no. like, no, nah, we're good. No, we're we good. got it. We we're got good. It. Take a, take we're good. We're, we're the substitute teachers. We're going to pop in a movie tonight for this class. <laughs> and, and, and in about an hour and a half, we're going to let everybody go. Everyone gets an A for the day. It's my favorite kind of class right there. I think he, I, I think this is everybody's favorite class. I don't know they're going to ask Austin and Colin back. Everybody loves that the, substitute teacher, right? The thing I am struggling with is do we respect the traditional format of campus life or do we do our own thing? Because, you know, Colin does his little – well, they always start the show off with some little boring personal anecdote from Colin, right? About what he's cooked. Well, so, do you want to talk? Do you want to talk about what you cooked tonight? Because we're supposed to introduce ourselves and ingratiate ourselves to the audience. That's what Colin would do. That's what Austin would do. Yeah, it was burgers. That's what I made. And 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 great Colin fashion. Something easy burgers for for me and the kids. That's it. I this is I made chicken and potatoes oh, nice. for dinner tonight. That's what that's what I made. I roasted them. I thinly sliced them. Do I need to? How in depth do I need to get here? I thinly slice the potatoes, russet, russet potatoes, russet potatoes. Matthew, thinly sliced, no, no more than uh, uh, about four millimeters. Okay, thinly sliced, tossed in olive oil with garlic powder, salt, pepper, and onion powder. I think, and roasted those on four hundred and thirty degrees for about twenty minutes. I think. Come on, it comes out tastes like a potato chip. That's and I had those with thinly listen to me, Matthew. Thinly Almost. sliced, thinly sliced chicken breast, thinly sliced Worcestershire sauce, garlic powder, pepper. It's kind of it's kind of the same seasonings. Do you have any uh, oh. asparagus on the side? No or asparagus. Wine? I had my no asparagus, asparagus on. I did have wine. I did have an early wine. I figured. I had an early, early glass of wine today. I did. What do you mean it you figured? One of the, it was one of the two. I knew it was one of the two. I, I was not really grasping at straws there. A I red mean, look, blend. I, a red blend. I, st I still remember sitting at the uh, ever classy Hilt. Was it that's that right. Hilton Tree in Canton, Ohio, as we got that's our. Right probably like cooked over a stove steaks and you ordered like the, probably the most expensive glass of wine you could get there sitting in, you were, you were wearing 
suit pants and a suit shirt that day, were you not? Or were you just wearing the campus? Tequila? I don't I can't remember. I can't I remember, remember, but you were the only remember. one at this entire place drinking wine, trying to eat. Wine is delicious. Beer is gross. Hotel steak. I, we I, can do. Do you want to do really 10 minutes on that? I don't Beach is gross. Drink, so I don't know. I've, I don't think I've had like you know one what? glass you, of wine. You always say that you always drink, and then you're always in the Discord doing AMAs like, ah, I'm wasted. You it just takes like two drinks. drinks. So I went to I went to my best friend's bachelor party, and so have you ever had it? It's called a lunchbox. Have you ever had a lunchbox? No, I didn't. I did. I did not okay. know what you were. You text our group talking no, about lunchboxes. I was like, I "What had are no you talking idea about?" What these things are either. So I, I still don't know what the hell they are. They put some kind of liquor and like a shot glass. So you've had an Irish car bomb, right? Irish car bomb was at Guinness, and they drop in. Um, um, someone will know. We're not live, so they can't help me in the comments. But you drop it in there and you drink it. It tastes almost not to say like a milkshake, but it doesn't taste bad. But you drop it's like a shot of liquor into the Guinness and you drink it. Doesn't taste bad. Anyways, they give you this beer, they give you some kind of flavored liquor, but it tastes like things you would eat in regular day, like Jolly Rancher, Fruit Roll-Up, uh, Thunderdome, which was awful. But they have like all these different kinds. It was delicious and they taste good. You don't think it gets you fucked up. And then later that night at the hotels, we were getting ready to drive back. I was like, oh, this shit hit me a lot harder than I thought it was. We had to stop at McDonald's and get some food. And it was just, it was... But again, I don't drink that much. I mean, I had like two crown at Cokes at the wedding and I felt pretty good. Okay. You're always talking about that you don't drink. We know that you get wasted all the time. You were just yeah. drinking this this uh, weekend. Yes. But you said one thing that led to why isn't this show live? Why aren't oh, Colin and Austin live? Why don't they put this show on the YouTube page? That's a good question. I don't know. Everything I do we has need- to go live. I don't know. We need a five star rate, five stars and reviews saying Colin and Austin need to put campus life on the YouTube page. Please, please. I assume it's because Colin's always in a robe, and Austin, I know, finds it so? extremely unprofessional. And so, and Colin doesn't want to get out of it. He wears that like 10 months out of the year, I'm pretty sure. All right. I, I'm trying to remember the other things. That, all right, we got the personal anecdotes out of it. Do, do I need to talk about what I wore today? I don't have on a robe. No, you're you're not, not wearing even... anything actually. It's it's mm-hmm. it's kind of surprising how often you show up to our meetings and everything just shirtless. Like like that's what we're all here mm-hmm. for. Austin usually gets kind of excited, but the rest of us are kind of <laughs> like we got it here in shape. Okay, this is this is ne- this is neither here nor there. Neither here nor there. We got. The boring personal story out of the way. We've talked about what we cooked. We are going to get to some ADP stuff. They do news, too. Matthew, you've been doing the spring uh, camp reports. And, of course, you can go to the YouTube page, Campus to Canton, on YouTube. Campus to Canton on Twitter to catch the spring practice updates. But but you were excited about um, the, the spring practice report for today. Are there any nuggets from that report that you want to share? Yeah, I can share a couple of them. So I did actually, by the time you listen to this, if you want to go listen to the past three ones that I have done, it was March 27th, 29th, and April, it'll be April 3rd. Um, I did actually put all those together. They're on the podcast feed. If you want to listen to all those, it's about an hour long. Uh, The main ones for today that I noticed is uh, Arch Manning is not doing quite well at spring practice. All, All these people who were talking about him competing with Quinn, he is firmly stuck in the third spot it sounds like in fact he's kind of been struggling 
uh, in practice and he struggled in the spring scrimmage on Saturday. Uh, reports are that he just kind of looks lost at times. While he makes good plays, he looks lost. Um, definitely needs to catch up. Uh, Malik Murphy apparently has looked good, though, as a two. He made a couple big plays in the spring scrimmage, including buying time and making a nice play over in the because middle. Because he's good. I've to, been mocked and ridiculed. Good. I have been mocked and ridiculed on this here network for being a fan of Malik Murphy. For being a fan of a like a borderline five-star quarterback. I don't understand why. He was a five-star, right? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Or at least he was yeah, on 24-7. A, I don't know if he was in the composite. He's a five-star. Five yeah. And I've just, I just, because he hasn't played, he has not played a lot of football. No. I feel isn't. like he's he had like one year starting. Um, Anyway, but I've been mocked and ridiculed on this tier network for like liking Malik Murphy. He's going to be a backup for Quint Ewers. And if he's injured again, it's going to be Malik Murphy. Yes. who comes into play, and he's a very, very talented player. Well, I think – I mean, I don't know. I'm pretty sure Austin's the one who usually gives you crap on Malik Murphy. I don't think he's necessarily wrong on his criticism that he's never going to play at Texas. I, I do think – I I hope that he transfers, but I kind of feel like he's not going to because I do think he would be fun to see in a different offense, especially if he gets a chance to start. Uh, sticking with Texas, though, Cedric Baxter is getting a ton of love for his ability to run, but more importantly, his – uh receiving ability. I, I'm going to be very curious to see what happens. Uh, I know you like Jonathan Brooks and he was kind of the spring darling last year had a, you know, an okay bowl game. I'm going to be curious to see if one of those guys transfers out him or Jade on blue. Uh, Cause Baxter's not going anywhere and they continue to, to, to love all over him and what he's done this spring. Yeah. Here's the thing that I, Steve Sarkeesian loves having a guy. Yeah, but there are a lot of guys in that backfield. Like, are, I'm I I struggle with is Baxter going to be the guy this year as a freshman, similar to the way similar to the way um, uh, Bijan Robinson was. It was late. It was late in the season. I remember because that's when we started Debbie debate, yeah. and at the time, Bijan Robinson had not gotten a lot of playing time, and Austin was still adamant that he was that dude. That was before Sark, though. That was Tom Herman. Was, was, I understand. Yeah, I understand. Okay. I understand. But I, I still, you know, I mean, there are at least four guys between Ke Keelan Robinson, uh, uh, Jonathan Brooks, Jadon Blue, Jadon Blue, and Cedric Baxter. There are four guys there that could potentially play. And it just seems like if there was ever going to be a year where they could have a full blown committee, it could be this year. Unless Cedric Baxter is like just that dude, but I don't know that he's the prospect that like Bijan was. It's, that's why I struggle with. That's why I struggle with in my freshman rankings. Is it Cedric Baxter? Is it uh, Roderick Robinson or Justice Haynes as RB one? Yeah. I mean, those are the three candidates. One, but but as far as opportunity, it's all it's Sark. All go back to Buck Allen. Sark has always had the guy carrying the load, and I'm like, I just wish I knew that it was going to be Cedric Baxter because it would very, be very easy to put him as RB1. So the, I don't know that I want to say it's going to be Baxter at one, but I went all the way back because, you know, I've obviously watched a lot or not watched. I've read up on a lot of these practice reports. I have watched the interviews and Sark has multiple times, like without even being asked about it, mentioned how he's always had a thousand yard rusher. And I feel like that truly matters to him. If you go all the way back to his Washington days, and so that's the thing. Chris Polk was a freshman for him. Or I think he was actually a redshirt freshman. He only played in like one game maybe, but he's a redshirt freshman for Sark, and that first year got 1,100, 1100 yards. That was the lowest rushing total that a running back has ever had under Sark. I think he's going to commit <laughs> to one guy, and 
The other thing is, if you go back through and look at all but one, the year that he was fired, I think he whatever he was like had three wins or whatever it was at USC. I can't remember when he was fired at USC. He didn't play; he didn't have the whole season. Every second running back has gotten over a hundred carries as well. So he does use two guys, but that first guy is always getting a thousand rushing yards. So I, even if it is, Brooks, I think we we might have to take the risk. We might have to yeah. just take the risk that it's Cedric Baxter. Take the risk in startups. Take the risk in supplemental drafts. Like it, if because if it is, if Cedric Baxter runs for eleven hundred yards this year, he is on a trajectory in that offense yeah. to be a, a at least a second round draft pick. And like you have to play it safe in some respects in campus to can't leave, especially early in drafts. Like you need like remember this is the pipeline. Yeah. We need NFL bodies. And as much as I love Justice Haynes, I know for a fact. He ain't like being the guy this year. Cedric Baxter has the chance. And so that's why I'm like, oh, I love, I love Justice Haynes' skill set more. But Cedric Baxter is more likely to get the immediate opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I'm kind of torn on those two. That's why I said I think one of Jonathan Brooks or or Jan on Blue transfers on the May 1st deadline. I said that on the spring practice reports because I just don't think. Both of those guys have been getting hyped. And the one thing I think hurts Brooks, although I do think he's the perceived leader, is that he just hasn't been able to do anything in spring because of that hernia surgery. And it just seems like Baxter is getting all the love. Uh, everybody's seen the stuff on Carnell Tate, so not much to talk about on that. I mean, he's continuing to impress. I will say that, you know, Ryan Day came out and said this today. Read into it however you want, that – he doesn't feel like McCord and Brown have really separated themselves that much up until this point in spring, but that he wants to name a starter by the end of spring. So I think we will get that. I don't think he comes out and says that and then announces it in fall. So we may find out who the starter is by the end of spring. But he didn't do that with Stroud and McC- in Stroud and McCord's battle, did he? It, it was yeah, the fall until he, he made he named a starter, if I remember I'm correctly. I'm almost positive that spring scrimmage after Stroud kind of dominated with the ones, he came out and said, I, I think the wording he put was it's Stroud's job to lose at that point or something like that. But he's come out and said that he wants to name the starter by the end of spring. He's waiting for one of them to separate themselves was a the quote he gave today. I, I find it hard to believe that neither one of these guys has separated themselves. I mean, maybe they're they're both playing that well. There are a lot of talented players in this offense. Yeah. That offense is quarterback friendly. I don't think that he's saying that they're they're struggling. And Matt, I mean, you can, I mean, Matt, you have inside information. You could say, yeah. say whether or not they're playing well or playing poorly. There's no there's no chance, in my opinion, that both of these guys won a five star, won a very highly touted four star and very talented it sounds like it sounds like which is a good problem to have that they might both be playing really really well in camp which which would lead me to think that Kyle McCord is going to get it give it get the job if things are yeah I mean from the past couple reports and from what I know they've both only made one mistake and in the Saturday scrimmage Kyle threw an interception and Devin Brown had a fumble that was it like that's been the only really negative stuff outside of you know, in the the spring scrimmage, I think it was a week and a half ago, you know, Devin got down into the red zone once out of four times, but Kyle only did it twice, so it's not like he did it a lot more. Uh, the only other really main stuff, Wisconsin, uh, Braylon Allen still isn't really practicing. He's still doing skeleton work, but it's not really perceived to be an injury thing. And then C.J. Williams is coming on strong all of a sudden. The transfer from USC. Yeah. Uh, Corey, if you follow Corey Pereira, uh, our Debbie lead, he posted mm. the the thing on there. So, 
started with the second team, moved up into the first team. But then they had a practice today on Monday where C.J. Williams, according to all the reports, had his best day of the entire spring as he caught four passes over 20 yards, one where he laid out and made a catch, one where he high-pointed over a defender, and then one where he made a tiptoe grab on the sideline. So, Uh CJ Williams seems to sure. be having. Uh, hey, you I'm know who my you know who my comp would be for CJ Williams? Who's that? JJ Arcega Whiteside. As long as he produces in college, that's all that matters. Uh, very true, very true. But it's just a a guy whose game I am not particularly enthused by. Like a a non separating contested catcher. Oh yeah, I I agree with you on that. But I just think, like I've said before, I just want the guy who's going to be the one in that offense, and I think it's going to end up being him. The fact that they're moving him into the slot a lot as well, I think, just boasts his uh, thing. I will, I do want to mention the Sooners thing really quick because if I assume a lot of you guys probably follow us at the network. Uh, Nate Marquise tweeted out the picture of Javante Barnes uh, in a boot on a scooter. It does not seem to be serious. Apparently, one of the most absurd things I've ever seen. Javante Barnes on a, in a boot yeah. on one of those motorized scooters in full pads yeah. with his helmet on doing the calisthenics. Come on, man. What are we doing? What are we doing, Brett Venables? You trying to show? All right, we get you. Your guys are tough. All right. Oh, yeah. They're tough. Well, you know, put them in a cast, you know, have them on the. We get it. We get it, Brett. We get it. Your guys are. Uh huh. In fairness, it does not seem like it's a massive issue. So I'm not a doctor, but the report was that he had a dead bone in his foot due back to some injury he suffered in high school. He had a non-invasive surgery. Everything's supposedly good, but he's going to be out the rest of spring, but he'll be fine by summer. So, I mean, he's going to sit out the rest of spring, but sounds like he'll be fine in the long run. So no major injury, it sounds like, to, to be worried about. Is that it for the news? That's it. Boom. We need. We don't even have. See, our, our Debbie no. debate. We have all of these sophisticated sounds and stuff that we could yeah. play. It's none of that here. here. Nope. None of that here on Campus Life. All right. We're trying to respect the format for Colin and uh, an Austin show. We've done personal anecdote. We've done news. Is there something else that we need to do before we get to the ADP stuff? I don't think so. We haven't made any like jabs at each other isn't austin really mean to colin do need to be mean? yeah we have a different dynamic that's something that only they could do this is what i'll say about colin colin does not have a problem being the butt of jokes he just doesn't and it's 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 such a you need someone who's willing to be because not everybody's willing to be (laughs) very true true. (laughs) jokes and i give colin credit because he is willing to do that he's a team player he is a team player. He, he handles all the the back end stuff. Te- the te- he's not, it's not like he's an IT guy, but he handles all of the background stuff at the website campuscan.com. You can get started for two ninety nine a month. We appreciate it if you go to the website and sign up. You got to try Campus of the Can Leagues, man. It's the it's. I saw DLF. DLF just wrote that article. Uh, yeah. Released an article today about Campus to Canton Leagues or Hybrid Dynasty Leagues, how whatever you want to call it. Yeah, um, I've heard that's a new name for it. Yeah. You know. So, uh, um, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's that's a big deal. I mean, because we're still a small fry in this space. DLF is you know a behemoth, and if they are starting to talk about C two Cs, then this is a format that you should get interested in. And I'll say this: I think that C two Cs have 
legs more so than IDP, more so than Devi, because C2C is more similar to traditional fantasy football than those formats. It's just, it's the same thing you would do in a dynasty league. It's the same thing that you would do in a redraft league. It's just, we take that to the college ranks. If you think that you actually have some evaluation ability, like a lot of people on Twitter think that they do, well, then prove it. Yeah, hence the hybrid dynasty hashtag on there, you know? Hybrid Mm -hmm. dynasty. Um... What else? I think that's it. I mean, I don't All know. Right. So we want to get, just get in. Yeah. Let's, let's just get into the... Get into the media of the show. Let's do it. Oh, I should say this. The equivalent, the equivalent of putting a movie in as a substitute teacher is doing a mock draft on a... It is on a podcast. Look, let's do the... E- Are we doing a mock draft tonight? Did you say that? I, I'm ready for one if you want to do one. Yeah, we could do we could do one of well, two. Well, let's let's see if we have enough time at the end. You know how much I love mock drafts, right? I do. I do. Mock, the, um, let's see if we have some time at the end, but we want to get into the ADP stuff. So I think we are what we're talking about players who are too high or too low. Yes. In yeah. overall ADP, not freshman overall. So do you yeah. want to how do you want to start this? What would be fair? Uh, I don't know. I've got one. We can start right off the rip. We do not know. We do not know each other's uh names. No. So we might have some of the same. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm gonna start right with the, with the Ohio State quarterback room. I find it very interesting. Hey, look, we we gotta go there. We have to. I, I agree with you. He's on my he's on my list too. QB he's on my 14 list. with an ADP of 48 overall, behind Ty Simpson at 45 and Devin Brown. When I get if you think Devin Brown is the better player, I don't necessarily have any, any issue with that. But if everything is pointing pointing to Kyle McCord being the starter this year, how are you drafting Devin Brown over him? How are you drafting Ty Simpson over him when everything right now is pointing to Jalen Milrow being the starter for Alabama? So you're going to draft a backup quarterback over the starter at Ohio State, which granted, Say whatever you want about his possible NFL upside. That's up to you to determine. I know where I stand. Whoever listening to this and drafts him, that if you don't think he's got an NFL future, that's fine. He's still likely going to be a top 10 CFF producer in that Ohio State offense. And you're drafting the likely backup to him at, at Ohio State and the backup at Alabama over him. Makes no sense to me whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, we we can project Kyle McCord as starting. And in a year in college football where there is not a lot of certainty, let's get it where we can. Quarterback 14, going behind Ty Simpson, as you you mentioned, going behind Devin Brown, going behind Nicholas Iamalieva. I have a problem with that one. I mean, I'm going to be honest. Now, Kate Klubnick is going ahead of him, you know, but we know – that Kyle McCord is going to start for Ryan Day. Even if it's, this is proven, even if it's one year, that could launch him into the first round. He's done it with Dwayne Haskins. Um, And I just, again, like going back, you need, we need, we're building a pipeline here. I have no idea if string bean Nicholas Iamalieva is going to, three years from now, be an NFL draft pick. If I had to weigh those things right now, Kyle McCord is a much better bet in that respect. 
So let's go ahead and get the certainty. He also has, let's not forget, this dude has the pedigree. Yeah. Came from a great prep school in Philadelphia. And then didn't they win the like the national they won the, the championship won three for state their state in a row. Three, yeah, yes. three. yeah, they won three state championships, but it's in their parochial schools league, which I don't sure. buy the competitiveness of these Catholic schools leagues. So, sorry. Sorry. No, I, just, I mean, so in, in fairness. But still, but still, he played yeah. a lot of football, started a lot of football, has been a five-star quarterback, is now starting for Ryan Day. Like, how much more do you need in, in a in a uh year where we don't know a whole lot? about the player pool. Kyle McCord's ADP is way too his his ADP within his position group is way too low. Yeah. I mean, I would go as high honestly as taking him at 7. I would not take him over Dante or Malachi who are who are the two ahead of him at 6 and 5 because I believe that their talent is much more and I we obviously are two of like the only two guys at C2C believe Dante more plays this year at least starts. We know what Malachi's, or at least we think we know what Malachi's ceiling can be with Lincoln Riley. But you're taking Jackson Arnold over him at Oklahoma, which again, like I, I like the talent. He's a diminutive QB though, and I think we still have this idea of what Oklahoma quarterbacks are. I don't know that that maybe who is the who is the offensive coordinator there. I know we like him, and I cannot think of for the life of me. Is it Levy? for who? Lebby, Oklahoma. Jeff Lebby in Oklahoma? Yeah. yeah. So, like, I do still like that part of it for Arnold, but we haven't seen it. You got Connor Wigman. Like, you guys are betting fairly heavily on, uh, I don't even, I'm, all these names are jumping out of my head now, that you're allowed, that that uh, Jimbo Fisher is going to allow whatever his name is, because now I can't think of it, to actually come in there and run a wide open offense. Why can't I think Bobby of Petrino. Bobby Petrino. Bobby Petrino. I have, I have Bobo stuck in my head for some reason. You're assuming that Bobby Petrino is actually going to open this up and let Connor Wigman like actually play well, open the offense up and put up better stats than the Ohio State quarterback. Like I just don't get it. Cade Klubnick, I'll, I'll I'll listen to the argument on because he's got Garrett Riley, but he doesn't have the weapons. He's got a weapon in Antonio Williams. That's it. And I do not think Cade's rushing upside is there compared to some of the others at this website. So to me, I'm taking those tops. What is more at six? I'll take those top six, and then I'm taking Kyle. I would not take any of those guys over him. We are on the same. Look, people said that we could not agree on anything. We agree. Quarterback 14, too low for Kyle McCord. Let me do one here. <laughs> Folks, what are we doing with DJ Uyunglele? What? are we doing let me see where he's at quarterback 46 that is still too high <laughs> too high dj Uyalele, uh i'm gonna bring up okay here's who's going after him austin novasad donovan smith nick evers clay Millen, taylor green taylor green is going at quarterback 54 Lincoln Kine holds, even if he doesn't play at Ohio State, I mean, I still would rather have the black box of Lincoln Kine holds over D. We, we know what DJU is, folks. It's over. It's done. Stop it. Okay? Stop it. You all are tripping. Uh, Taylor Green is going to be a CFF asset who may evolve at Boise State into an NFL player because he's got, you know, the body, probably has the athleticism with his rushing. Can he be consistent as a passer? I'd rather have that. Then DJ Uyunglele, who's who's who might be a backup at, at the XFL level, maybe if he's lucky. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke is going at quarterback fifty-eight. 
Come on, folks. They got Shannon Dawson there now. Um, I love, I love the glasses. That's not even a, that's not an adverb. Can I turn, can I turn glasses into a noun, into an adverb? I don't, I don't, it's our an show. Adjective, we not an adverb, an adjective, excuse me, an adjective. I'm sorry, folks, an adjective. I don't think I can turn glasses into an adjective. Lenora Sellers wears glasses. He's the freshman quarterback at South Carolina. I love his game. Um, Jaden Delora, Jaden Delora at Arizona. Like he's going to be somebody that you can start uh, in, in your, excuse me, as for like CFF purposes. And I think Jaden Delora at Arizona has an outside chance to be an NFL quarterback. I really do. I really do. Tanner Mordecai's going after him. Dylan Gabriel, Brady Allen. Um, we need to stop it, folks. With the, I don't know who's doing this. I don't know. I don't know who is taking DJ Uyunglele at quarterback forty-six. But you should be ashamed of yourself. All right, and stop it. Too high. I, I was hoping to like try and just play devil's advocate on there, but I just I can't do it. I mean, even can't, if you can't. believe. In Jonathan Jonathan Smith and what he's done, which which granted, I mean, I do think he's an underrated offensive play caller in the league. I think Oregon State's offense has been good with quarterbacks who are not good. But expecting DJU to turn it around over all those guys, like I'm scrolling down the list and like maybe I could slot him in around like QB 67 where Jaden Daniels is at. And I'd still take Jaden Daniels because it looks like he's going to start at LSU and at least he gives you some rushing upside. Like I think you slot him in right around there. QB 70 with Colin Schley, who's going to be the backup at UCLA. Like, I'm fine with taking him there. But QB 46, that's just way, way, way too high. All right. We're eight and two. Your turn. They're taking the backup at Oregon State ahead of him at QB 39. <laughs> um, Shador Sanders, folks, what are we doing? QB 20. Ooh. Why? I get it. He's a, he's a sexy name, and I think that Sanders is better than he's gotten credit for in some of the Devi circles. But right now, you're taking him right behind, literally right behind Bo Nix and Michael Penix, which I'm, I'm taking both those guys fairly easily over Shador. But Preston Stone at SMU, I'm probably taking him over there. Even one year of production with Austin Reed at Western Kentucky, I'm taking him over that. I get they've got Sean Lewis there, and that offense could be a lot of fun to watch in the Pac-12. They still have to play really good defenses in Utah and Oregon. And on top of that, outside of Travis Hunter, Shador has absolutely nobody to throw the ball to. He's not really a threat with his legs to pick up rushing yards. I just don't see him passing the ball 50 times a game to keep Colorado in these games because while the, the receiving core is bad around Shador, so is the offensive line. We have to give them a year or so to kind of get into this. On top of that, I know you and Austin have talked about it, not just, you know, on Debbie Debate. We've talked about it on the Better Sports Network. That schedule they have this year is rough. And so you're expecting Shador Sanders to come in as your QB 20, meaning you're expecting him to at least be your QB 2 on the fantasy side of things and come in and put up those kind of numbers. Like, I don't see it. I mean, Riley Leonard, Sam Hartman, Baron Morton, Grayson McCall, Aiden Childs, Devin Leary. I take all those guys over Shador Sanders. I think there's a lot of projecting going on there, taking him at QB 20 um, in the top 100 picks of in your C2C draft. Yeah, I mean, that's that's high. I, we're going to agree. Damn, why, this is, you know what? 
we need to get off these microphones on this show because we need to go back to our space yeah. where we can do the comfortable thing of disagreeing because I don't disagree with you there. It's not that I think that Shador Sanders is a is a bad player. It's just that all of these draft picks represent like a uh, risk, you know? And I just don't know that Shador Sanders is the top of whatever tier that he's going in there at pick 20 and that he's worth the risk. Now, maybe somebody can convince me that this, that he is an NFL player, but at pick 20 for quarterbacks, there are still guys that I think will be NFL draft picks. And I just don't know that he's one of them. So it's hard for me to condone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Stuart Sanders, pull the plug at pick 20. I'm going to see though, because September 9th, Nebraska, Colorado. I'm going to be in the building, baby. All right, it's my turn. It is your um, turn. <laughs> let me hit you where it hurts. Here we go. Let me hit you where it hurts, Matthew. What are we doing, folks? What are we doing, folks, with Jimmy Clausen, a.k.a. Quinn Ewers, at quarterback three? <laughs> I think the thing that we know about Quinn Ewers is that is that he is he he has the potential to be a good college quarterback. But is he exceptional? Quarterback three, you can still get a guy who is exceptional. Drew Aller is exceptional. The difficulty of throws that I've seen Drew Aller make, and in comparison to Quint Ewers, they aren't even in the same stratosphere. Quarterback three, uh, Dante Moore, exceptional player exceptional i just think that we are getting because of you because of austin because of the scouting industrial complex calling him the number one golden child every time i the the the, the next throw the next impressive throw that i see quinn ewers make will be the first you understand me it'll be the yeah, first yeah, yeah i know you always say that <laughs> so <laughs> so, so quarterback three right after Drake May, I personally have um all of the well, the top three freshmen. I think I no, yeah, the top three freshmen ahead of him. I have Drew Aller ahead of him. I think I might have I might have I don't think I have Kyle McCord ahead of him, but he's like my quarterback eight or nine. And here at quarterback three, that's rich. You have to have a lot of faith in him. And I challenge, like, hit me up on Twitter. Because I, I will I will match you with throws from Dante Moore. I will match you with high school throws. Yeah, actually, and college throws from Drew Aller. Drew Aller played one game and has had more impressive throws than I, any I've seen Quinn Ewers making. Is what now going into his third year in college? Um, Quinn Ewers, too damn high at quarterback three. Hmm, I mean, I don't really have an issue with it. I I, I do have. I don't remember if I have Aller over him. I guess I could look at my rankings really quick, but um, I probably would take Alar over him. I don't think he drops anywhere past four, though. I don't. I have Quinn ahead of him. Because the thing is, when you're looking at the offense around him and the head coach, I think that's where the price is coming inflated in with Quinn. Because as much as we just talked about at the beginning of the show with Kyle McCord and what he could do in this offense, I think you could make the same argument for Quinn Ewers. And 
he doesn't, I don't even think, have to go out there and have a 4,000-yard season and say, 40-something-plus touchdowns passing because he has that perfect recruiting star pedigree. And whether we care or not, the NFL still does care about recruiting stars. And if he's able to go out there and produce in this Sark offense, like we've seen all of these quarterbacks do in the past, going back to Jake Locker, Cody Kessler, who neither one of those guys had the amount of talent Quinn does have in their arms, Yet both those guys got high draft capital. All Quinn has to do is go out there and produce, and I think that he will. I won't fight you on the Drew Alar part. I do think he probably should be drafted ahead of him, but that still puts Quinn at QB4. So I, I, I don't necessarily have an issue with it if you really want Wait, to. wait, time out. So you would take Drew Aller ahead of him? Yes, but that's it. I wouldn't take Malachi or Dante. I would still take Quinn. I, just, I don't understand why, though. Like, I don't understand what you've seen from Quinn Ewers to lead you to believe that. Uh, because I've seen the throws, and I'll send them to you. I, I really need to clip up that Oklahoma game because there were some really good throws in there. Now, maybe it's not the what – I know what play you're going to talk about with Alar. He's got the two, the one in high school, and then the one in – was it the Akron game? I can't remember who they were playing where he threw that, like – I'm almost positive he was on the roll to like the back of the end zone, absolute dart right past the defender up high to, to the wide receiver. Like I'm not challenging Alar there though. I, I would probably take Alar, but I still think there's some projection with, with as much as we love Dante more. I still need to see it a little bit with Chip Kelly because the dude's not done much outside of Marcus Mariota, who I do think would have been a better quarterback had he come out like now times compared to when he did. Malachi, he's attached to Lincoln Riley. I don't think there's many questions about Malachi. You're still having to wait a year for him. Quinn does have a chance to go to the NFL. Like I said, there's still that opportunity there for him. So I personally don't have an issue with taking Quinn Ewers that high. The, the, the best thing that Quinn Ewers has going for him is that he's Steve Sarkeesian's starting quarterback, at least for Yeah, right I mean, there's no argument there, it's but that not, matters. It, it does matter, but it, this is not a talent – scheme match this is a like we're relying a lot on scheme here i you know maybe maybe one day we'll uh you'll i'll see quint yours thread the needle on some throw between two safeties and i'll be like gosh darn it austin matt boy boy is right until then um give me drew Waller, give me a whole bunch of other guys i'll just just prepare your speech because you've had to tell me and austin we were right quite a bit so i'll, I'll we'll be waiting for it since when on what no, i don't I don't keep track. I don't have a little little notepad up on the all the victories we have over you like you do with the uh, Michael Penix every time that anytime that dude's mentioned Matt positively. Penix, Anthony Richardson, Jameson Williams, Ramondre Stevenson. Ridicule. We don't know about we don't know anything about Michael Penix or Anthony Richardson yet. What hold on, time out, time out. Let, let's not time come on, what? guys. Anthony Richardson is about to be a top fifteen NFL draft pick. I was taking him in yeah, the 10th, he, oh, he will be in fifteenth round. Of startups. I try to tell y'all. I try to tell you. And I was in, like you said, I was mocked and ridiculed. Even into this season, I was we, mocked we and ridiculed. We because never he didn't... mocked and ridiculed you on Anthony okay. Richardson. Right. We pointed out the things he okay. needed to improve on. That's it. Michael Penix, like, I mean, sure, he had a really great season last year. I want to see where he goes in the NFL next year because, yeah, I don't, I don't think he's going first round. What's who's who who went last? Uh, you did, Quinn Ewers. Uh, so mine is a, a player that I mentioned being too far, or a guy I would take over earlier, Riley Leonard, the Duke quarterback. How is this dude 
going at QB 32 off the board with an ADP of 142 when he was a top five quarterback in CFF last year. Even if you don't think he's going to be an NFL quarterback, he's still got, I believe, at least two, possibly three years left of eligibility in an offense that doesn't look like it's changing at all, and he brings that rushing upside. Why are we fading this guy so much in the ADP? You're taking him as QB 32, folks. I mean, he's going behind. Let me find here. Look, I love Sam Levitt. You guys are taking it behind Sam Levitt, who realistically may never start at Michigan State. He may transfer out at some point. K.J. Jefferson? What has K.J. Jefferson done at all compared to what Riley Leonard has done? Will Rogers, who we don't even know what that Mississippi State offense is going to be like after the unfortunate passing of Mike Leach. Jalen Daniels, who fine, was okay. Christopher Vazina, who we don't even think is going to stay or ever start at Clemson. Daquan Finn, I'm fine taking him over him. Austin Reese, we're probably getting into the range. We're like, I'm fine taking those guys over him. I mean, Malik Hornsby is going right in that range. Like, that makes no sense to me. Riley Leonard has already proven it. He was a top five quarterback in points and points per game last year. And we're taking him at QB 32 overall with an ADP of 142.3. Guys, he needs to be much higher than that, at least up at QB 27 over Christopher Vizina. Why you guys are taking that dude at 133 makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever. Yeah, I don't have a, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, he's a good, good. Actually, I would actually I'll be honest. I didn't listen to what it is that you said. I don't know if you said that he was too high or too low. I said he's too low. I know you were texting your date. <laughs> yeah. I, I understand. <laughs> That's exactly what I was doing. I know. To be honest with you, that is exactly what I've been doing, and I've been doing it through this whole entire show. Um, so yeah. Okay. All right. It's my turn. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. Rod, Rod Leonard is a good player. He, I don't. He has zero NFL potential, in my opinion. Zero. I'd say he has fifteen percent NFL potential. He could be a bad. Um. Person. All right. Let me. Uh. Let me. Let me do this one. Uh. Cam Seldon now at running back is running back fifty-one. Come on, folks. Um. If Cam Seldon hits, like he's like the DK Metcalf of running backs. I'm sorry, Cam Seldon, Tennessee. Now, he has switched between, you know, wide receiver and running back. But if this dude hits, he's going to hit pretty big. And I also think because he is, he's not really a wide receiver, but he kind of has some of that body type and skill set, he just might have more outs. You know, if it doesn't really work at running back, pure running back, maybe. He is a LaVisca Chenault type. LaVisca, LaVisca Chenault's not really a wide receiver. LaVisca Chenault should be playing should be playing running back, as I've said since he was at Colorado. But he he's but he's way more athletic than LaVisca Chenault. So running back 51, I'm trying to bring up uh who it is that is going after him. And, and maybe, you know, because the news is relatively new that we will see his ADP increase quite a bit. But I mean, it, it, that's uh, that is uh, way too low. Matthew, filibuster for me while I bring while I bring up the players who are going after him. After him, I mean, there's nobody intriguing going after him. I have the list up: Dante Dowdell, Cartavius Norton, Raymond Davis, Richard Young, Gavin Sawchuck, Dallin Hayden, Justin Williams. I mean, there's nobody. The group of people ahead of him is ridiculous, and I, I have a, a running back in the 50s as well that I do not think should be there, and Cameron Seldon was another one. I'm glad you mentioned He was going to be on my list. So, yeah, There we go. 
Yeah, I'm I'm with you 100. My my mine is is especially with all the news coming out of Oklahoma. How you guys have Gavin Sawchuk at 56 makes no sense to me. Like I love Raymond Davis. How you're taking him behind him? I have no idea. Ollie Gordon. Granted, this is fr- this is like brand new news coming out of Oklahoma State. But Mike Gundy's out here questioning this dude's physical toughness in practice and asking if he can actually handle the physicality of football. And you're taking Ollie Gordon over him. You're taking A.J. Green, who's the third-string running back at Arkansas, over him. Dontavius Braswell at, uh, yeah, at South Carolina. Le'Veon Moss, who may not even start for Texas A&M. Roman Hemby's probably going to be good. Jaquindon Jackson. Jaquavius Marks at Mississippi State. George Petaway, who looks like he's going to be the third-quarter running back right now at North Carolina. I don't understand half these guys. You got Kendall Milton, who's not even playing, probably going to transfer at some point. You've got all those guys going ahead of guys like Cameron Seldon and Gavin Sawchuk, who have Cameron Seldon's a little bit more of a projection, but he's going to, as as Felix just mentioned, have a chance to absolutely hit. Gavin Sawchuk is going to be starting and playing for Oklahoma in what can be a very run-heavy scheme at times, and yet you guys are going to let him drop all the way down to RB56. Makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever. Holding on to our priors, are we? I mean, why would you take any of those players over him? He's That's starting. True. All those guys are like RB3s on their teams. Like, look, I mean, I love Andrew Paul as the next guy. You got people taking him at RB23. He's not playing. Why, why do you Why do you have Gavin Sawchuk starting? They've already said he's splitting time with Jar... Jar-, Jar- God, why am I forgetting his Javante name? Barnes. Javante I want to call him Javarius. Javante Barnes. They're splitting at 50-50. He's already come out and said that. Okay. So he's going to be a starter. I mean, again... I'm fine, you know, yeah, you mentioned Cameron Seldon. I'm fine taking Seldon over him, but Ollie Gordon, who's going to be playing behind Ollie? I didn't even realize Elijah Collins was in football still, and he's going to be the starting running back at Oklahoma State. Taking Ollie Gordon. Dante Dowdell, he's not starting at Oregon this year. Probably not next year. Kedrick Riscano, I'm okay with that one, I guess, if you expect him to be the guy after Quinshawn leaves in two years. Still waiting two years. Quentin Joyner at USC, I don't see it. C.J. Donaldson, fine. George Petaway, he's the three at North Carolina. I mean, well, I was going to say, jokingly say Mayan Williams. We know Mayan Williams is going to be in a, in splitting the ball with Travion Henderson this year, so I'm fine taking him over him. Michael Wiley, every all the news out of there is Jonah Coleman's the guy. Jonah Coleman's all the way down in like the 60s. Where'd Jonah Coleman go? Jonah Coleman's RB80 off the board, and he's right now being talked about as a starter at Arizona. Like these RB, this RB ADP is, is completely out of whack. There we go. All right. Um, Blake Corum, running back number 10. Uh, guys, I think that if Blake Corum was an running back, it would have come cheer. Um, We've seen players come out with injuries. I understand that he had, you know, the we saw Jameson Williams. Jameson Williams could have gone back to Alabama, but <laughs> – the NFL said, no, we'll take you busted knee. You know, he, he, he tore that ACL in the championship game. It <laughs> was still the number what nine pick in the yeah. draft. If Blake Corum was going to be, you know, a high round NFL draft pick, even a second round NFL draft pick, I think that he would have made the jump to the NFL. Um, Blake Corum is, is running back 10 players who are going after him. Justice Haynes, Roderick Robinson, uh, Katron Allen. I don't know that I would take Katron Allen ahead of it. I would consider him. I would definitely take the two freshmen, Jamarion Miller. I would ser- seriously consider it. Um, I take Ruben Owens, th- who's right there in that range. Yeah, too. I'm just not a Ruben Owens fan. You guys are going to have to convince me on Ru- Ruben Owens. Uh, so maybe I would move him down about 
seven, eight spots, something like that. Seven, eight yeah. spots. Uh, so, um, yeah, I think I just, I just think Blake Quorum is too high. He is being drafted as though he has the potential to be an NFL back. And I think that he's a very he, – it's funny. He's very similar to his running backs coach, Mike Hart. If you don't remember Mike Hart, he and Chad Henney were the freshman dynamos back at Michigan back in my time when I was in high school. Um, and Mike Hart was not an NFL player. Very good college player, but not an NFL player. And I think that Blake Corms shares some similar characteristics to Mike Hart. All right. Yeah, I, I agree with you on on that. I'm gonna go over to wide receiver now. And I know I was just, you know, talking about how I think Quinn Ewers can have this great season. And if he does, Xavier Worthy's likely the benefit. But and I want you to answer this for me, Felix. Who would you rather take right now in the startup, Xavier Worthy or Barry and Brown? You're muted. Barry and Brown. I'm sorry, Barry and Brown. Xavier Worthy or Zachariah Branch? Oh. I mean, it's close, but this is the thing. Like, I probably the, – the where Xavier Worthy is being drafted – I would probably draft somebody else. So I wouldn't really have to make a decision between Xavier Worthy and Zachariah Branch because I would just wait yeah. a few more picks and take Zachariah Branch. Uh, well, so Harris, you wouldn't even have to wait. You can wait almost a full round to get Zachariah yeah. Branch if you want because of where Xavier Worthy is going. I would probably go all the way down to almost Brandon Ennis, who is going off the board at wide receiver 12 before I would be really taking Xavier Worthy. You're not going to go that far because Xavier Worthy is going in the top two rounds. I know that he had this amazing freshman season, 900 yards receiving. He was a deep threat for Hudson Card. He looked phenomenal at times in that offense. I'm not going to take that away from him. But the one thing we brought up about him as a freshman, he, he struggled tracking the ball, and he struggled with drops. Neither one of those things improved last year. Granted, I know he supposedly played all of last season or most of last season with a broken hand. But then all the reports out of spring is that he's continuing to drop balls. If we have not, I'm not saying that he's a set in stone. This is who he's going to be for the rest of his career. Obviously, players can continue to improve, but you've shown me two years of no improvement. Why is it you think he's going to go and improve now? And he's also a, I don't say diminutive because he's not short. I think he's like almost six foot, but he's listed at like 165. I just don't know that all these wide receivers listed that light go into the NFL and succeed. It's really just been Devonta Smith. And I don't think Xavier Worthy has the route. He's not the route running technician that Devonta Smith is. And I don't know that just develops in one year and he becomes that. I don't know that Xavier Worthy even goes in the first round next year, which you're when you're picking him in the top 20 picks, that's what you're expecting is for him to destroy on the CFF side this year and then be a first round pick next year. I do not see that. Wasn't listening again. Um, That's all right. I have, I have I no, Priorities. I have, I have no clue what player you just named, and I'm trying to see if I can remember you saying it at first. And I have nothing. I have nothing. I have nothing. Um, who did you met? Xavier Worthy. Oh, of course. You asked me. You asked me if I take this player or that. Yeah, Xavier Worthy. Okay. Or listen, I'm sorry. We're not professionals around here. I'm trying to text dates. And I'm trying to watch tele television. You know, we're not we're not pros around here. We, we probably never will be. Um, all right, I got one more running back, Matthew, and I have one more wide receiver. 
Uh, Rashad DeBinion at running back 88 uh, out of Arkansas. Rashad DeBinion. If you look at your Campus to Canton Leagues and go to the roster tab, he's probably going to be uh, a free agent in a lot of player pools. In a lot of player pools. This is a, a guy who uh, he sits behind, obviously, Rocket Sanders and A.J. Green. But if something were to happen to A.J. Green tomorrow, it would be Rashad Dominion who would be the starting running back. And, and A.J. Green would probably take, you know, A.J. Green is like a Tariq Cohen type player. He would probably keep that role. And Rashad, Rashad Dominion would be elevated to the starter. When Rocket Sanders leaves after this season, I think it's going to be Rashad Dominion's game. He has a he's a, you know a thick running back that has good contact balance. Like you really have to wrap him up. He can step through and step over some of these kind of hits or shoulder attempts at tackles, or or you know when the secondary tries to make contact with him. I think just think he's a solid player. Running back eighty eight players who are going after him, uh, or let's see, players who are going in front of him. L.J. Johnson at LSU. I don't even know who C. Bangura at, o- at Ohio is. He must be a CFF guy. Yeah, CFF he is. And L.J. Okay. Johnson's at uh, SMU, not LSU. S- SMU, excuse me, SMU. Uh, Trey Sanders, Richard Reese, Ontario Brown. I actually like Ontario Brown. Ladanium Webb, uh, Isaiah Agustave, Brian Cardwell, Jonah Coleman. I think I would take Rashad DeBinion over all of those players that I just named. Um, and even some of these players... Uh, the other at 78, you got Samson Evans at Eastern Michigan, Sean Tyler, Josh McCray, Rodney Hammond, Dede Hunter, Ramon Brown. You know, a, a back doesn't have to check that many boxes to be a day three NFL draft pick. And if I'm drafting a running back here at pick 88, give me the guy who who checks some of the boxes to be an NFL player. I think Josh McCray does. I don't think Josh McCray McCray he's going to split time at at Illinois and I I think I did say his name. I'd probably take Josh McCray right around the same place. But Rashad DeBinion does also. He has NFL traits. Um now he's not going to have NFL production until Rocket Sanders leaves. But I mean that's why we play the game that we play because we're always trying to figure out who's next. And Rashad DeBinion, I think, is next. So uh, at ADP 88 at his position, I think that's too low. Yeah, I don't don't disagree with you. I would – the one player on that list I would take over him is is Jonah Coleman, who's likely going to be the starter in that Arizona offense just because he he will be a starter and produce. But I don't know that his NFL upside is there as DeBinion, so I I guess I'd be okay with it. One running back, I don't really have much to say on, but like – Look, a lot of people keep saying Jonathan Brooks is going to be the starter at Texas. You guys are letting him go at RB98. That's a little bit ridiculous. I mean, that's <laughs> even further down than Rashad Dominion. And we just talked about the beginning of the show how Sark loves having his 1,000-yard running back. If it ends up being Jonathan Brooks and you get him at RB98, that is an absolute steal. Uh, my last one is a wide receiver. I'm actually going to group three guys together. Malik Benson, Carnell Tate, and Keon Coleman. All three of these guys going at 30, they're going at 32, 33, and 35 together. I think they should be up near the 20s. You got Devontae Walker going at 23. I think that's the range that all three of those guys should be going over guys like Bo Collins, 
I don't get the Dorian Singer to USC. Like, I, I'm sure he'll be fine. I don't know that he's going in there to be the alpha. So why we're taking him as a top 20 wide receiver, I don't know. Chris Marshall still not running with the ones at Ole Miss. I'd take some of those guys over them. Jermaine Burton, who's done absolutely nothing but a couple flashes. I like Dane Key, but I don't think he's going to be the guy at Kentucky. Dominic Lovett, I like. Probably has some decent NFL upside, but he's not going to be much at Georgia because they just don't pass it. I don't think they'll pass the ball a ton, especially with Munkin gone. Lorenzo Styles, who has not done anything, he's going over all three of those guys. Jacob Cowling, who I don't think is going to even be the one in Arizona anymore. I'm taking Keon Coleman, Carnell Tate, Malik Benson over all, all of those guys. Listen, they should be up near Devontae Walker and Jerry on Dickey in the uh, in the top twenties of your wide receiver drafts. Instead, they're going almost near the wide receiver forty. That is absolutely ridiculous for all three. Well, let's just go ahead and keep flaming uh, wide receivers. Um, folks, what are we doing with Jermaine Burton? I, I think it's another player who it just might be. Oh, listen, I understand that he had that uh, 17 yard game against Ole Miss his freshman season where he caught that one long touchdown and his his if he didn't have that game, I have no idea where his value would be because I think a lot of his value is uh is stemming from that game that he had his freshman season. Some players that are going after him, Dane Key, Isaiah Bond, more black box players. Uh, I also think that Jermaine Burton could be surpassed by Malik Benson because their skill sets are duplicative. Um Dominic Lovett, to me, Dominic Lovett has a specific role. Uh, uh, at the NFL level, so I like him more. Um, Adonis Mitchell, maybe. J. Michael Sturdivant. I Squirrel White's ADP is way too low. I know that he's small, but he's going to be super productive in the slot there for Tennessee. Um, but I, it's really love it. Malik, uh, I, the aforementioned Malik Benson, who he's competing with for playing time. I think that Alabama wide receiver core is going to end up being Ja'Cory Brooks on the outside at the X wide receiver. Probably Malik or Malik Benson at the flanker, stretching the field, and then Kobe Prentice in the slot. And right now, Malik Benson is going after Jermaine Burton. So give me, uh, give me Malik Benson too high on on Jermaine Burton. I understand that you that he's a name. I would actually see what I could get for Jermaine Burton. You might be able to get the second, third round supplemental pick for him, and I'd probably take that. Maybe you can get more. Um, so Jermaine Burton too high. Too high for me. I I yeah, I agree. All right. Did we do a good job of I didn't do a good job. I was not paying attention to what you were saying. And you, now you're not paying attention to me. This is how it this is how it works around here. Yeah, I got you know, I got my important stuff coming up now and, and, and talking to me. So not quite Is there anything this is an abrupt this would be an abrupt ending to the show. But I don't, I don't know, I don't know how to land the plane softly. They always say, you know, I'm calling, I'm Austin. Yeah, I mean, we got, you know, make sure to check out Debbie Debate comes out when? No, wait, that's Thursday mornings technically. Back to Debbie, where I'm sure they'll be doing another mock draft because Mike Valerie's running out of content ideas. Uh, that'll be dropping on Wednesday. Hope you guys listen to Chasing the Natty. Great episode actually with Nick from Winning Edge, uh, Jared Palmgren. Uh, it was a great episode on on that. I really enjoyed that this morning. Outside of that, you know, I don't know. There's an IDP mock draft available on campuscan.com right now. You should check that out. Rookie mock draft. So you check that out from uh, Justice on our team. 
I think that's it. Come on, let's do let's do let's see if we have as much chemistry as Austin and Colin. You gotta go. Oh, Matt, and I gotta go. I, I can't do it. It's just too. Neither corny. can I. Yeah, it is too corny. You can just do good night, good luck, and get out of here. No, I'm just gonna say peace. Bye, everybody. <laughs>